Uncovering the reality of the learning to trade journey can be tricky in an industry filled with many myths and misconceptions. The aim of this podcast is to generate clarity over this journey through documenting the challenges and the solutions I personally experience as I move through the process from novice to consistently profitable trader. Everyone's trading journey is unique, yet if a shared tip or trick in this podcast can shave even 1% off of your learning curve, then that will be a job well done. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about whether I think the approach I took to my backtesting was overcomplicated and whether I think I could have simplified the approach a bit. And the thing that actually motivated this was that I was speaking with Jess the other day. She's another tier one member. And she was saying to me, um, you know, she wonders sometimes, did we overcomplicate our backtesting with tracking so many different things? Um, in terms of filters, stops, targets. And that kind of sparked something in my brain because I've been thinking in my next strategy, I already know kind of exactly what I want to be looking at. I'm not going to be faffing with looking into a hundred different things. I'm pretty clear on what I want to do. So in my next strategy, it's going to be a lot simpler in terms of what I'm tracking and what I'm not. But, and this is what I'm going to be speaking about, I've only come to that conclusion because I took a very thorough approach to my backtesting in this first strategy. So it's not a case of the approach I took this year is wrong and next time I'm taking a different approach to backtesting. It's more that approach has actually led me to a simpler approach in future. So I just want to explain this a bit. Hang on guys, I need some water. I've literally had like two coffees in the past hour, which is kind of rare for me. And I just feel like so doped up on like sugar and caffeine. I need to rehydrate people. Okay, so I started my back testing, well, yeah, more or less this time last year. So December, 2018. And the approach I was taking was rooted in the idea that you track more or less every single idea that you have in terms of filters, in terms of stops, in terms of targets. And this resulted in me tracking, over the course of this year, I would say 20 filters and four different stop losses and three different targets, three or four different targets. So, you know, my first spreadsheet was a freaking beast. It was like, I don't even know how long, but it was bloody long. It would take me 20 minutes to put in a single trade. And that can become very frustrating and overwhelming because for me, when, like, I just think when you're in those very early stages of backtesting and kind of finding your own opinion on trading, you're seeing, you're just kind of comparing yourself to other people all the time. And for example, say I would see someone backtesting really quickly, like literally finishing a pair in a day. Meanwhile, I'm there having entered like 10 trades that day because it takes me 20 minutes to put in a bloody trade. Um, you know, I felt frustrated a lot of the time. And that actually resulted in me kind of, in some ways, cutting myself off from actually speaking um, about, you know, my backtesting and other people's backtesting because it would put me, like, not in a good mindset. But once you kind of persist through that and you find, you just start to develop your mindset, you find your own opinion on things. Um, you don't, like, now, for example, I literally couldn't care less what anyone else's... Um, trade rules are it means absolutely nothing to me so you know you do get over that eventually but to begin with my spreadsheet was incredibly overwhelming compared to a lot of people's and 
because I was tracking so many different things, so for example, with my stop losses, I was looking into a fixed stop. I quickly found out this does not suit me at all. And it is something I'm pretty confident in saying that I'm never gonna look into again in a different strategy. I might, but I highly doubt it because it just didn't suit my personality. I chucked it out more or less after the first pair, therefore whittling down the stops to three different ones that I was looking at. And similar to, I was looking for AB equals CD moves. Because you're applying something consistently, you're literally going through trade after trade after trade. You're implementing that filter, that stop, that target again and again. And you gradually realize, I don't like implementing this way of doing things. You might not like looking for complex pullbacks. Yeah, it's not mandatory to look for a complex pullback. You might not like using an ATR based stop. Again, it's not mandatory, it's personal preference. And I just knew I wasn't interested in AB equals CD, um, so equal measured moves or fixed stops. So those got chucked out really quickly. Um, another thing is you cannot assume that what is profitable for one person is profitable for you, okay? And I'm gonna give an example. Cause some people think like, oh, this part, like say, I don't know, Akil or Jason is trading their strategy this way. I'm gonna copy them because then I'm gonna be profitable. That is not the case. And here is some evidence. So one of my coaches says that he does not tra take trades if he has a retest um, on his time frame prior to setup. So I tracked this because I thought, huh, that's an interesting idea. I tracked a retest on my trading time frame and my higher time frame. And if I had assumed that I'm not gonna take any trade because there's a retest prior to setup, I would be less profitable now because I found on how many pairs? Well, on all six that I'm that are now in my portfolio, that it is more profitable to take these setups. I also found on two of them that I'm actually more likely to hit my target too if there is a retest prior to setup. Therefore, I only look for trend following targets on those trades. So I don't look for a retested target. I only look for an extended target. And, you know, that's made those strategy, those, um, sorry, those indices pretty profitable. So you can't just assume things. Imagine if I'd assumed it, I never would have found that I'm actually more profitable when I do the thing that's actually opposite to one of my coaches. So you can't just assume that, you know, what works for one person is gonna work for you. Even me saying that, you could literally go and test my rules and they could be completely unprofitable to you because we read trends differently. We read this and that differently. You read the markets differently. Um, you're not gonna be looking at the exact same thing all the time. So I think that's very important. And you know, that's a reason why you should track multiple different filters and do not assume anything. You track everything. Do not make any changes to your rules unless it's actually proven that that's actually a profitable thing to do so. The other thing is in terms of tracking multiple different stops. So for me, out of everything I looked into in terms of filters, targets and stops, the thing that I'm gonna continue going forward is looking into different stop losses because in this strategy, I found significant differences in profitability based on the stop loss used. So as I said, I ended up tracking this year three in total for the whole year. Two were ATR-based stops, one was a FIB-based stop, Fibonacci. And all three 
are somewhere in my trade plan, okay, depending on the industry or Forex pair. And honest to God, on some pairs, I think it might have been pound dollar or New Zealand dollar, I'm pretty sure it was one of the Forex pairs. The difference, like for example, I'm it was like the, the ATR based stops were completely unprofitable for me. Whereas the FIB based stop was incredibly profitable. And I wouldn't expect a drastic difference like that. I kind of thought more or less, you know, they're going to be the same. It's going to be like they're all kind of profitable. Maybe one's a bit more than the other. Or none of them are going to be that profitable. But it was like significant difference. Um, and when you're actually backtesting, you like because I wasn't tracking actually, you know, the total pips or the cumulative uh, percent balance, like the ROI, because I wasn't tracking that, I wasn't really looking into how the strategy was doing. So I didn't really notice that one stock was doing way better than the others. But when you look into your results after, it's really interesting to see that. And that's something I'm gonna continue to look into going forward, is looking into different stops, because it had that difference. Um, so, you know, I found that that's actually quite important to me. Another thing is, in terms of the filters you're tracking, because, so initially I was looking into about 15 filters, right? And probably about 10 of them, like I was looking into candle combinations, what else was I looking into? RSI, all this other stuff. And candle combinations, for example, they're not something that really interests me. Um, and I tracked that for about six months before deciding I don't want to look into this anymore. Meanwhile, a filter that I came up with, and some of the filters you end up coming up with later, for example, one I came up with in like September this year, so literally a couple of months ago, and it's now in four of the pairs in my portfolio. It ended up being, you know, something that's a bit more discretion based that I noticed whilst I was back testing. I then went back and, you know, obviously retested it and it turned out to be a really good idea. So some filters that you're going to come up with, they're not going to be like the blatant things that are all over the internet that you just, you know, l learn um, even inside the platform. But you do learn it in the way in terms of how you read price. If you know how to read price, you're going to come up with, you know, an idea for a filter that isn't just is RSI overbought, oversold um, at setup. It's going to be something a bit more discreet. And that's what ends up happening to me. So, you know, a filter that I came up with a couple months ago is way more valuable to me than some that I was tracking at the beginning. Because in those beginning stages, you're finding your feet. You don't know what you do and you don't like. So you're kind of figuring that out when you're backtesting. And I think a lot of people do this live, but for me, and of course, for me, it's gonna be live as well. I know that, you know, live, I might end up not liking something that um, is in my rules because at the end of the day, nothing's guaranteed. That can always happen. But I also think because I spent longer on my back testing, I have found my style a lot quicker compared to if I just rushed through my back testing and not really looked at different ways of doing things, then I think I'd still be a bit like, oh, do I like this? Don't I like this? You don't know until you try. Um, so, you know, I think that's really important. The other thing is, for me, simplicity wins. So something which I didn't really bear in mind when I started my testing is that I don't want my rules to be different for every single pair. They are different for every single pair right now, but it's like minor differences which aren't really complicated to kind of remember. Um, <clears throat> to begin with, when I was going into back testing, I thought, 
I don't care if there's six filters on this pair and no filters on that pair and 10 on that pair. Well, I just want what's most profitable. For me, that isn't practical. I know my personality. I don't want the stress of being like, shit, I didn't look at this on this pair and I've just entered a trade. It's actually the rules for another pair. Like all these things, I don't want the stress of that live just for a measly extra couple percent on my ROI per year. Um, so to be honest, actually the past like couple weeks, I've been focusing on, I guess, simplifying my rules and sacrificing a bit of profitability just to make them a lot more practical. And I just want to say guys, because I have tracked a lot and I've spent a lot of time doing this and you know, I always get comments from people kind of trying to imply that you love backtesting and you know, that you don't want to go live. And I really cared about people saying that at the start of this year because it would kind of piss me off because it's just like, you don't even know what you're talking about. Um, but then it kind of got to the point where the people saying that to me were having to start their freaking learning again. Meanwhile, I'm still there getting closer and closer. And you know, I, I don't mean that in a bitchy way, but you kind of have to um, put into perspective who the type of people that are kind of badgering you, like where are they in their journey? So, you know, by this point in time, I know what I'm doing is right. Um, I've spent a lot of time on it. And you have to remember that when things are taking a long time. I know several people who started back testing when I am, they're at the same point as me. And they're freaking solid people. They really are solid. And they're gonna absolutely smash it next year because they're so clear on what they are, what they aren't looking for. You know, they know what their setup is. There, of course, there's always gonna be some subjectivity in terms of when it comes to live trading, but they've put themselves in a bloody good position as best as they can. And I just rate people like that. You know, they've really taken the time to develop their edge, to know it well, to track anything that interested them. You only know what you like through tracking stuff. And that's what they've done, that's what I've done. And in my opinion, I'm really glad I did it this way. Um, even today, I was retesting Ger 30, German 30. It sounds weird when I say Ger. And um, for this, I actually only have, it's one filter, but it's kind of like if two things happen at the same time, the setup's invalid. But I'm just, it's so good to like go through and just see that your strategy works. Like it's so refreshing to see all this work, it pays off, it really does pay off. Um, and you know, I feel like proud knowing that I developed that, same with you, when you actually spend time developing your edge, those are your rules now. You feel, like I feel so confident in, in them because I know I've looked into this thoroughly. Like now I've retested, I'm like, it's just thorough. I have no doubts about it, no qualms. Um, so it's just, in my opinion, all worth it. All those moments where you're like, oh, this is taking ages. It's taking, at the beginning, you know, 20 minutes to fill in a single line. Sometimes you kind of can't really see the end result, but it is there and it will happen all of a sudden. Um, and as I'm saying, now going into my next strategy, for me, things are going to be a lot simpler because I know what I do and what I don't value in terms of what I want to look at, right? You have to look into these things. Just like another point I want to make, I really wanted to use the RSI originally. This time last year, I would have been like, yeah, I'm definitely going to end up using the RSI. Um, I tracked it in my testing. I tracked it in three different ways. So I looked into whether price was oversold or over um, bought at setup. I looked into whether there was an RSI swap and whether there was hidden divergence. All of them made my strategy less profitable, okay? All of them, even in combination with one another. 
none of them worked for me um and you know you can't just like assume something's gonna work because the reason I wanted to use it is because I like loads of other people that I know use it and you know they're profitable and it seemed like it's a really cool thing to use but at the end of the day I tracked it it wasn't profitable it's of no value to me in this strategy um so you kind of have to you know just because it's like you might like structure but you know if the way you're trading it isn't profitable like the market doesn't care about your rules the market doesn't care about my rules and what I like it cares about what's profitable and you do have to find you know a way of trading of course that suits your personality but you also have to bear in mind just because you like something it doesn't mean it's gonna I don't know make you money in the markets um so that's another thing to bear in mind but yeah as I'm saying you know I know next time my approach is going to be simpler and I'm looking forward to it being a bit simpler purely because this year has been so chicken and egg in kind of finding my edge, finding what I like um, in terms of my filters, stops and targets, and, you know, looking into things that now I don't really like too much. And I, I only could do that because I did look into many, many different things. Um, but anyway, guys, as always, you know, this is a approach. I'm very aware that there's people who have taken incredibly simple approaches to backtesting and are doing really well so it's kind of depending on you as a person what you prefer to do but that's what I did um and I hope you guys enjoyed this please leave a rating or a review on the iTunes store is it the Apple store or the iTunes store you know what I mean though rating review um if you fancy it because I've had some good feedback but it'd be good if you could feedback there as well um, but until Sunday, have a good week and I'll see you in a bit.